A crime that rocked the media. A case of a three-year-old boy who was taken too soon, stolen from his foster parents and has not been found to this day. This is the case of William Tyrell. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Oddly Unexplained. Lovely. I'm Isabella. And I'm Asta. And this is a long-awaited True Crime Tuesday. (laughs) So this is actually an episode we wrote in July for Missing Persons Week, which was an interesting week. (laughs) Yeah, we both had COVID, like, that week. So it didn't really happen, but this case has been written ready for you guys to hear it we thought you would we put it out anyway yeah yeah so tea of the day the most important part what are we having today we have completely shockingly and unexpectedly new york breakfast crazy it's wild we're really getting out of our comfort zones yeah we're it's definitely not something we drink all the time definitely 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 we had more interesting teas when we were recording yesterday, but yeah, we didn't tell you. So we'll tell you no. now. So in the episode of Internet Conspiracy Theories, we had blueberry jam from David's Tea. We did. Yeah. It was good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Anyway, now you get two teas of the day. Yay! Well, we should dive right in. Let's get into it. So before we go into the actual disappearance, what happened, I'm going to walk you through the background. So First off, I just wanted to mention that this case is an Australian case. Yeah. So if you live in Australia and keep up with the news, or if you don't, probably know this case. This is a real, like, we covered Daniel, I believe. Yeah. Last Missing Persons Week. Yeah. And it's a papa with that. I mean, we'll talk, we'll get into this later, but Daniel's parents have even had made, like, a stance on it as well. Yeah. I think similarly to, like, Madeline, this case sort of shaped how the Australian police system deals with child disappearances. Yeah, I think this one sort of really showed people as much as not not Malcolm, (laughs) Daniel did, that disappearances, they do happen here. Abductions do happen. I think a lot of people see them as sort of like, that wouldn't happen here. So I think this one sort of changed that mindset in a way yeah. that a lot of other cases haven't. But William Tyrell was a child in the foster care system. At the time of disappearance, he was living with his foster mother and father and his biological sister. He was a happy-go-lucky kid who loved the outdoors and playing with his sister. William was three years old at the time of the abduction. So I'm going to talk about the days leading up to this disappearance. So this is just the day before, because I want to give some background before we jump into it. So on September 11th, 2014, the day before he disappeared, his foster mother and father and his sister had traveled from Sydney, which is where they lived. Okay. And it's his, I believe it's his biological sister. He's with the two foster parents, Mm -hmm. because he is in the foster system. So, and they'd gone to Kendall, which is four hours away from Sydney. Kind of, it's a small town. And it's, like, surrounded by bush. Yeah. So, like, if you drive off in any direction for any length of time, you'll just hit straight bush, essentially. So they decided to visit his foster grandmother. So this was his his foster's... Oh, his foster's mother's 
mother. Yeah. Yes. So, because they wanted to, but his, I think his, I believe his foster father had a bit of business to do. Okay. Which, so he was still working. So he was still working. Yeah. But the foster mother and the kids, obviously the kids weren't going to work. But the foster, <laughs> the foster mother wasn't okay. at work. So, yeah. Did she have a job other times? I believe so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So his foster's grandmother's house is on Benaroo Drive, and it's directly across from a bush road leading into Kendall State Forest. So less of a bush road, more of a fire trail. Okay. So like if there's a bushfire, that's the road the fire trucks are taking. So it's like, you know, those big paths. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if where you live has bushland. Because, you know, I don't know who you are. They're just, like, big but, clearings that allow yeah. people to sort of go through the bush. They're, like, big pods. Yeah. Exactly. And they're usually, like, so they're big pods. And then usually if you go in for, like, a bushwalk or something, they have little pods going off them. Yeah. But there is that, like. And if you follow the path, it'll take you back to town pretty much from wherever it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now we're going to talk about, so it led into the Kendall State Forest. Okay. More bush than forest. Indeed. But this was not a place you wanted to be as a three-year-old? No. Was it, like, patrolled in any way, or was it just, like, reserved land? There were, like, what do you call them? In America, they call them park rangers, but that's not what we call them. No. Maybe rangers? Maybe. We might call them bush rangers. That's not, is that, not, like, Ned Kelly, though? Could be. I don't know. The, Um, The people who work in the, like, the... Reserve. Rural something. Rural no. police. I don't know. Rural police? I don't know. Never okay, it doesn't matter. But it is there are people going in and out of it. Okay. But it's it's just a bush. Because in some places in Australia, there's just bush that like there's no one who regularly <laughs> Well, there might be people who regularly go into it, but like it's not patrolled by any official government capacity, is what I was meaning. Yeah. So since it is, it's like it's not at like a national park. But it is one of those areas that's like under government jurisdiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it was between ten of twenty. So this is the actual disappearance. Not disappearance. Disappearance. So it was between ten and twenty and ten twenty-five a.m. a.m. of September of the twelfth of September two thousand fourteen when William Tyrell disappeared from his grandmother's house. So he was playing hide and seek in the backyard with with his sister while his foster grandmother and foster mother and his foster father were working was the foster father like working at the house was he no he was somewhere but he was close in proximity okay i don't really understand what he was doing there he could have just been like down the road working else working with someone does he have like an office job i don't i don't know i don't know if he does that would be kind of weird yeah because I'll just quickly mention it now, but an interesting factor of this case is these people, the foster mother and father, have never been named by the media. Really? Because of, like, foster family guidelines. You can't. I guess that makes sense. Mm. So their faces have never been shown, yada, yada. So that's why we don't have that level. Yes, that is why they are called foster mother and foster father. Yes. (laughs) So, So his foster mother went into the house to make a cup of tea. Okay. And after not hearing from William for five minutes, she began to search the yard. So how I imagine this is, do you know those, like, big, like, decks people have in their backyard? Yeah. Like a big wooden deck. Like a wraparound porch kind of thing. 
Kind of, but like just for the back of the house. Yes, yeah. And I imagine them sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they weren't with the kids, they no. were watching the kids. Okay. And I've seen like pictures, and it's basically like two chairs, and they were just like. So, so like, does the foster grandmother go inside too, or does she stay there? Okay. I'm guessing she goes inside as well. Just otherwise, that would be like. But to be honest, like, is there a fence? Yes. Is it, like, tall enough that he could go over it? I think it is a possibility that I don't know, but I think in this case it is suggested that it is a possibility he could have gotten out of the house. Because I'm sort of picturing, like, the foster grandmother sitting in the chair, foster mother goes inside, makes a cup of tea, they're playing hide-and-seek, he goes over the fence to, like, hide from his sister, and that's where the abduction took place. Like, that's what I picture in my mind when I think about this case. So... There was no sign of William. So they searched the backyard mm-hmm. and they started to check in other people's backyards. So they started to knock on doors, yada, yada. So shortly after, William's foster father came home and began knocking on doors. Um, so this is shortly after. So this is before 10.56, but after 10.25. Okay. What time did they report it missing? 10.56. So like not long after... Not long after. So William's foster mother called triple zero to report him missing. And the New South Wales police force arrived at 11.06 and began searching for William. That's pretty quick. Yeah. For like a rural area. Yeah, they were. I'm going to go into the immediate investigations. Like what happened when he was first reported missing. So immediately after William was reported missing, there was a huge call to action from all sorts of departments as well as the general public. So hundreds of police officers were searching the area as well as a strike force from the sex crimes unit and another strike force specifically trained to respond to missing children. So detection dogs were brought in and trained to track William's scent, but only found traces within the actual backyard. So police later began investigating into a report of two cars were seen parked on the dead end road in the morning the William disappeared. So I'm going to go into like where the cars were, what color they were. It's a bit confusing, but try to stay with me. So the cars were described as a white station wagon and older style gray sedan. They were parked between two driveways of the acre lot of land. So like there's two driveways, there's a bit of grass in between. They're both there. So they were seen with their driver's side windows down and they were unknown in the neighborhood, and everyone knew each other. They all knew their cars. So it was weird. That's why people noticed it, because it was really odd to see these two random cars. I, yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about this bit of the case. Yeah. It seems weird to me that, because, I don't know, the foster mother saw these. Mm-hmm. It seems weird to me that the foster mother, like, picked up on them. Picked up on them. But I guess, especially because she doesn't live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, the cars were noticed by the foster mother, like you said, and they've been noted down as suspicious. So at 9 a.m., a green or gray sedan drove past the Benaroon Drive residence while the two kids were riding bikes in the driveway. So the the cars drove into a no-through road, did a U-turn, the neighbor's driveway, and drove out the street. So they just, like, went down, turned around. Which is weird. It is weird. Especially in this kind of town. Like, if you were in, like, Sydney or something and you did that, no one would think anything of it because, like, Sydney's huge and mm. confusing to drive in. But most rural towns, especially in Australia, they're pretty easy to get around in because there's not that many roads, like, intertwined with each other. I think, I still think it's weird the foster mother noticed Yeah, it. it is weird. Like, if the grandmother... And, like, thought it was suspicious. Yeah. 
I don't know. But I guess if your kid goes missing, you probably like play through things you notice. But still, mm-hmm. still. So secondly, another vehicle was sighted driving out of the Benaroon Drive at about 10.30, which is pretty much what they think the time William disappeared was. So so there's like, if it was in 10.30, then that would have been a five-minute gap. Which is about what the mum said. Which is about what the mum said. So yeah. she, because I think a theory to this, which we haven't gone in yet, was that he sort of got out on his own. And then an opportunistic stranger took him. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. But anyway, that same vehicle was then seen speeding down another Kendall Street. And no one has been able to say, hey, that was my car, just got lost. No one has said, like, oh, I know that car. Like, we still don't know anything about the cars. The police do still think that they could have had something to do with the crime. So earlier I mentioned a second strike force. So on the 16th of September, a strike force was established to investigate his disappearance, and it was called Strike Force Roseanne. It consisted of 14 detectives and analysts to work full-time on the case, and they had to go through thousands of pieces of evidence from the case and the general public. Because, like we said, this case was so well broadcast and all throughout the media, there were so many tips, so many tips, that most none of them really came out to anything, but because... People would just be like, oh, I saw something kind of odd. And yeah. they'd tell the police about it, which is what you're meant to do, for sure. Please do that. Please if, do that. Please do that. But it just meant that there was so much information to go through because so many people were going, oh, I saw this person I've never seen before. And maybe, maybe it could have been something, but most of it wasn't. No. So the next thing we're going to get into is quite, pretty dark. So police believe that the boy... Um, So police have basically at this stage in the investigation concluded that the kidnapper has ties to a pedophile ring. So a lot of policemen suspect that um, that he's either alive in the hands of a group or died in the hands of a group. And the two people of interest that have been in this case are both convicted sex offenders and there are 20 sex offenders around Kendall, surrounding Kendall, which... That's, like, a lot. That's, like, a lot. Um, that's concerning. That's, that's very concerning. Um, but, and the two people we talked about, the two people of interest... Okay, one thing, really quick. So, I just googled the population of Kendall, and it said 1,100. So 20 out of 1,100. That's, like, quite that's, a lot. That's a lot. Um, God. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so that's a lot. But the two people were suspected to have met up on the day Tyrell vanished, the two okay. people of interest. So as of the 12th of September 2016, a $1 million reward was put out for evidence leading to William Tyrell being found, alive or dead. This was the largest reward put out by the New South Wales government, almost double the previous largest. I do not know if it's still the largest, but at the time, this was insane. What was the reward? It was money, $1 million. So the last one was $500,000. Okay. So, like, that's really high. Yes. And I'm assuming that was for evidence that led to his... Dead or alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So in 2018, there was a large-scale forensic search in the bushland in Kendall, so in Kendall Forest, Mm -hmm. with no new leads. And as of in 2021, in November, the police released that they had new information, which they believed, which they believed would lead to finding Williams' remains. But there has been no new information released to the public, as that search, I think it finished. I don't think anything came out of that. Okay. Or if it did, it was something that they can't share with us yet, which yes could mean it was important, or it could mean, like you said, they found nothing. Yes. So. The foster parents have gotten into a bit of legal trouble since Williams' disappearance. So the first bit of legal trouble we're going to talk about is they, the foster mother got got um got charged with misleading information. So giving misleading information to the police regarding his case. Mm-hmm. And she pleaded not guilty and was ultimately acquitted. Do we know what this misleading information was? Has that been released? No. No. Okay. Um, so, oh, so then the next spot of legal trouble was also the foster mother. She seems to be a pretty big play in this. So she, oh, so she was hitting a child with a wooden spoon. Yes. So they tapped photos, so phone taps, and they can a child in the background, which is not William, can be heard saying no, please, and that she and her telling her husband that she had hit the child really hard with a wooden spoon, and that the child is gonna have a massive welt on her leg. So it's it's really bad. And she has got things where she's, like, yelling at the child, threatening to break the child. Mm. And she she admitted on other occasions that she had hit and kicked the child. Yeah. And, like, not that it's okay to ever physically abuse a child, but especially with foster children. Like, who knows what they've already been through. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so she's also – she's a bit of an interesting character. She's also been faced with – um, William toppling off the, because the theories we talk about in this case, one of them, I, one of them is very, this woman is very interesting. Indeed. So, you know, the woman she was with, the foster grandmother? Yep. She, she has said after that the foster grandmother was abusive to her as a child. Okay. And had given her many mental conditions. Mm-hmm. So the foster grandmother and mother are interesting characters. Indeed. To say the least. Um, so let's start getting into theories, I guess. I want to start yeah. it off by saying the accidental theory. Yes. This is one that comes up always in child abduction cases. Yes. And to that, the foster mother has responded, no, I would have found him. She would have found him? She would have found him. Okay. Um, so it's not that apparently, mm-hmm. but, and then we have another theory, which is that her taking the body. Okay. Um, or her killing William. Yeah. Or um, basically assisting in William's death in some way. Yeah. Death in some way. I mean, I guess we always had that theory with Madeline McCann case of the parents accidentally did something and yeah. then covered up her death. So I feel like that could totally play into this case, especially with that already 
we already know that there was abuse from that mother. Yes. That I couldn't, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to assume that that could go mm. too far. So she has claimed that she has not done this. Okay. Which, you know, you probably wouldn't say if you had done it. No. But other theories include um, an opportunistic murderer. Mm-hmm. And pedophile rings as we sort of mentioned before the pedophile ring is interesting to me because mm. i feel like those often i don't know i just think it's interesting that that's sort of just thrown out there but there's not that much information about how that's been investigated really too too much i think there is a pedophile ring near him but i don't doing weird stuff yeah but i don't know if that was what happened to him no but no. that's very concerning that's very concerning i don't think there should just be pedophile rings around i feel like that needs to be handled yeah pretty pretty quickly yeah especially with that tiny population mm. Mm. um so and it's it's a lot so other theories obviously the opportunistic planned whatever you believe do you have a theory I think that most likely it was just an opportunistic offender, especially with the narrative that we've been told. If we believe what the foster mother and foster grandmother are saying, if he did just, you know, go over the fence, I think it is quite likely that an opportunistic killer could have just seen him there. I don't think, I think people saying, I've seen people say like, oh, he was targeted. I don't, he's in a random town. (laughs) Like, I don't think someone like I think if it's opportunistic it's yeah from the ring I agree so I think I think if it's an outside someone not to do with the family any connection it is most likely that kind of opportunistic they saw him probably from the pedophile ring because there is a pedophile ring in this tiny town which I don't know if it still exists or not I hope not I hope not but um, I think I think it could have been an accident yeah. that just got like I agree kind of swept up under the rug by the yeah I don't know I just think the only thing is unlike in some other cases where that has been a theory they contacted the police really quickly unless mm-hmm. the time of his abduction is like I could have just said it wasn't at this time like if something had happened at like seven that's a three hour window to cover up the crime so I think because the only witness to the actual like timeline is from the family who would have been perpetrators in the accidental death scenario it's hard to know the daughter has not said anything yet and she is still of she is still a minor she is I believe she's like 10 maybe so was she younger than William at the time or was she was wait I have it I believe, I believe she was younger. Okay. Then memories, though, for children. So she could have been, like, two. Yeah. And what's that? It's been six plus two, eight. She, she's, I think she's ten. Yeah. I could understand why she wouldn't have much to say. Because even an older, like, besides the fact that it would be a very traumatizing event, that is such a young age that even if she did see something, she didn't understand it or remember it. Yes. So she has not had a formal, she's had, she's begged the people to bring her brother back, mm-hmm. but she's never, because she's a minor, really been interviewed or anything. No. And she hasn't like just had something that she remembered and then no. shared. No. 
So William's youth was stolen from him at such a young age, and his kidnapper stole a free person. His sister had her brother taken away from her, leaving her alone. Crimes like this should never be unsolved, and our hearts go out to anyone who's been affected by these crimes. So kind of leading off that, on we're going to go through the domestic some numbers you can call. So the domestic violence number for Australia is one eight hundred is one eight hundred respect. The Crime Stoppers for the USA is one eight hundred two 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 tips, and the Crime Stoppers from Australia is one eight hundred triple three triple zero. So even if you do live in America and somehow stumble upon something to do with this case or other cases, if you call the American Crime Stoppers, they can connect you with people here. Otherwise, you'll leave like local police station. Yeah. That that They'll, works well too. They know where to take the information. Yes. So, but please do. Please you do. have any information. Even if you think it's something silly or unimportant, who knows what the police need to lead them on to solving this case. Yes. So that kind of closes our episode for today. We hope you enjoyed. We do. It's pretty. It's a pretty sad one. Pretty sad, but um, yeah. Found it informational. Yeah, That's another way you could say. Sad informational. Sad informational. Um, it's really sad how kids just go missing. Yeah. So, I feel so bad after saying like follow us on TikTok, but you can follow us on TikTok. You can. If you want to see things that we put up regularly, I recommend our Instagram. Our TikTok is last Christmas. It's been a year. Is it? Oh, gosh. But our Instagram gets updated regularly. So if you want to know what's going on with us, upcoming cases, upcoming events, when we have those and do them, uh, our Instagram is Oddly Unexplained Podcast. Yes. Which is also what our email is Oddly Unexplained Podcast. And our TikTok. And our TikTok. If you really want to go out You can find our website at www.oddlyunexplained.com. And we put up blog posts where we sort of talk into the case. Often it's just like showing you photos to help you understand what we talked yeah. about. Or, you know, we have to put up sources or things that we think can help you understand the case. Or if you're just curious about what other cases we've covered. You can, can do that there. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that concludes our episode. Bye. Oh, and remember to lock your doors. It's about <laughs> show me the doors. But remember to lock your doors. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know. What's Keep them gonna locked. Happen. Keep them locked. Good plan. Go. Well, goodbye. Bye.